0: Grace and mercy and peace are all yours, from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning is the epistle lesson appointed for this Sunday from 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This is the word of the Lord. You know, for the most part, our lives in this world as Christians don't look a whole lot different than anyone else's, do they? We all get up in the morning. We all have breakfast. We go to work. We take our kids to school. We raise our families. Right? We try to do good in our community, help other people. We all love tacos. there's so many things in our lives that just look like the same as everyone else as Christians, don't they? And you go just a little deeper, not just these surface outward things, but, but we're the same before a holy God, aren't we? All by nature sinful. All by nature worthy of death and hell. All sin, all fall short of the glory of God. There is no one who does righteous before God. Not even one, right? We all fall into the same, same camp. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, when you live. We share that with every other human being in this world, don't we? And we continue to sin, don't we, as Christians, unfortunately? Sometimes our lives might not look a whole lot different than the world around us. We're sinful, just like everyone else. But there's one really big difference between the life of a Christian and the life of someone who doesn't know the true God, who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. There's one really, really huge difference that that really makes all the difference when it comes to absolutely everything. (laughs) About why you live. And how you live and what all of this is really about. And the one big difference between you and everyone else in the world is that you have experienced and tasted the mercy of God. That mercy, that God does not treat you like he you deserve to be treated, that you know that hell is not your eternal destination, that though that is what you deserve, That's not going to happen to you. You have experienced, you have tasted that mercy of God. And you've experienced that grace of God. That he treats you like you don't deserve. That he has called you to be something else. Set apart from the rest of this world. It tells you you are different. You are special. You have purpose. Your life has meaning. Your eternity, it's bright. And not because of anything you've done, not because that you're better than other people in this world, not because you've tried harder than them, not because you go to church, Not because that you do more good than others, no. But only because of the mercy and grace of God. Only because of the mercy and grace of God that came into flesh and who was revealed to be your Savior and your substitute. God Himself in flesh, Jesus Christ that you know him, that you know who he really is, that he's not just this martyr, he's not just an example, he's not just a good teacher, he's not just a miracle worker. He is your God and Lord and Savior and substitute. He is your righteousness. In Jesus Christ, that you have come to know through the means of grace in the word, through the water, through bread and wine, You experience and taste the mercy and grace of God in the person of your Savior and substitute, your righteousness, Jesus Christ. And that makes all the difference, dear Christians. Because what that means, is that though your day-to-day might look like just everyone else is in this world, it's not. It's not the same because why you do all these things in your life and how you do them is different. Because he has made you into his very own people. Peter is writing to Christians here nearly 2,000 years ago who were being tempted to give up on their faith, to give up on what they had learned about their Savior Jesus Christ and what he had accomplished for them and who they were in him, because of suffering and persecution. It just seemed easier just to to let that go and to just join in with the rest of the world and look like the rest of the world and live and act like the rest of the world. And that's why Peter writes this letter to encourage these young Christians to hold firm to Christ. And these words are here for us today. The Spirit speaks to us in these ancient words to maybe not... Christians who are being outright persecuted and suffering for our faith, but, but who are tempted by the world around us to just give up on that whole belonging to God stuff. It's just too hard. Just join us. Be like us. The Spirit through Peter reminds you of who you are, who you belong to, and what difference that makes. He says that you are a chosen people. God has chosen you to be his very own. God claimed you as his own in the waters of your baptism. We just saw it a few minutes ago. Again, our Heavenly Father claimed little Lucas as his dearly loved child chose him To be his very own. And the same was for you in your baptism. Whenever that was. When you were just a little baby or if it was last week. God claimed you to be his very own. Chose you. Put his name on you. Says you belong to me. He says you are a royal priesthood. And that phrase is just absolutely dripping with Old Testament imagery, isn't it? We we heard it in our in our Exodus lesson. That's why we read that one because it connects so well to this one. What did God say about His Old Testament people? They were royalty. They were a kingdom of priests. We are kings and queens in the sight of God. We are are set apart for something special, for some special work. And we are priests, which means that we have work to do. We offer sacrifices, sacrifices of praise. We get to share the word of God with others. We have purpose. Our lives have meaning. We are a royal priesthood. God comes and gives our lives value. Value. He says, you are a holy nation. And that is not the United States of America, friends. That is the holy Christian church that you have been called into by faith. The holy nation of God's people, washed clean in the blood of Jesus, wearing his robes of righteousness right now God looks at you through Jesus and says, you are holy, you are blameless, you are faultless, you are mine. You belong to me. You are my people. And then he says that you are God's special possession. Kind of to summarize it all up. You're his. He places his name on you. He gives you purpose. You're special and meaningful and purposeful in His sight. My friends, this is who you are because of the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for you. This is who you are, God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. This is who you are robed in the righteousness of Christ. And this makes all the difference. It changes everything. And we still have to live in this world. And we still get up in the morning and eat breakfast and go to work and take our kids to school and help other people and eat tacos, right? We do all of these things that everyone else does But it changes how we do all these things and why we do all of these things. When we know who that we are. We're told how we live our lives as God's people. As God's chosen people. As a royal priesthood. As a people belonging to God as his special possession. He tells us and goes on and says what this looks like. He says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul, live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. He calls us foreigners and exiles. I don't know if you've, if you've been able to travel outside the country and go to a foreign country and be a foreigner. You know how that feels, right? You, you feel a little out of place. You, you don't know the language, you don't know the customs. It, it can feel a little uncomfortable, a little, a little awkward being a foreigner. And that's what the Holy Spirit tells us that's how we should feel in this world. It should feel uncomfortable. We, we shouldn't look like everybody else. We shouldn't be talking like everyone else we should stand out, we should be different. When they look at us and say, do you, you belong here? You see, as, as foreigners and exiles, and, and the difference between those two words in the, in the original language is a foreigner is someone who is, 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 lives this experience of, of not, just not being comfortable. This isn't really where I belong. And, and being an exile means this is not permanent. This is all temporary. We're foreigners and exiles living here. And that should make a difference. People should notice that. That we're not like them. We're not like the unbelieving world around us. That we are different. That it makes a difference to us. Another translation for foreigner here could be alien. And it's been changed and modernized because aliens we think of people from outer space. But we are, people should look at us like we're aliens. Like we don't belong here. Like we're from another planet because of the way that we live, because of who we are. And notice it's not just the outward things, it's not just the way that we talk, it's not just the things that we do, but he even says we are to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. That because we are God's chosen people, a holy nation a people belonging to him, to be foreigners and exiles in the sense that even those sinful desires are something that we want nothing to do with that even though no one else may see them around us that that is something foreign to me because of who I am a holy nation righteous in the sight of god And the danger of those sinful desires and the reason that we are called to abstain from them and stay away from them and repent of them is because all of those sinful desires is what gives birth to sin. Every sinful word and every sinful action starts here, in the heart. Jesus said it, out of the heart flows adultery and murder and all of these other sins. It all starts in here. And so as God's chosen people, his holy nation, those sinful desires, we want to be foreign to us. We want nothing to do with those. And then to live a life, such a good life that others look, and they might accuse us of doing wrong. They might accuse us of of all sorts of different things, but, but they can't but that our good lives would point to our Savior. And we want to live good lives. Not so that we get right with God. We don't do these things and, and want to be kind and compassionate and forgiving and loving so that God will love me. No, we desire to live such good lives because we are God's chosen people. Because we already are part of his holy nation because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That is who we are, not because that's what we want to become, because that's who you are right now. And so we want to live such good lives to make him known. And, and if you really lived your life like you were clothed in the righteousness of Christ, right? maybe we should give you white robes to, to walk around in. Maybe that'd be a reminder all the time. Right? And it, maybe just that's a good teaching moment. Why, why the pastor often wears a white robe? It's It's to cover over my sin. And to you, every time you look at me in this white robe, remember that I have that too. I wear a robe of righteousness. It's pure, I'm pure and holy in God's sight, washed clean through the blood of Jesus. But but if we lived our life as if we really are robed in the righteousness of Christ, if we lived our lives as God's holy nation, as a people belonging to him, what would that look like? What would that look like in your life? You know, maybe it would look like this. Maybe it looked look like you telling the coach of your kid's team that, you know, we'll be there for the games on Saturday, but we're not going to be there on Sunday morning. We're going to have to miss that game because church is more important. Our time in God's word is more important than any sport. For you, it might look like That friend calling up on Saturday afternoon saying, Hey, I got one more opening in the foursome tomorrow morning. And saying, Tempting, but I'm going to have to pass. Because Sunday morning is my time to be in the Word of God, and we can golf later in the week. What it might look like for you is Boss, I'm going to have to leave work early on on Wednesday because I got Bible study at my church at 7. And I'll, I'll stay later tomorrow. But that my time and God's Word is just too important to miss because of work. For you, it might look like, you know, that extremely rude guy in the Costco parking lot where you've been waiting for that spot, right? You even got your blinker on and they quick and cut in there before you, right? And then you, you know, he, you kind of give him a look and he's, you know, you can see what kind of language he's using at you, right? You can... But just a smile and wave, and find another spot. For you, it might look like when you go to work, and uh, you know all your coworkers are talking about the latest episode of that smutty new show on TV, and you have no clue what they're talking about. You've never seen it. For you, it might look like uh, surprised looks like you're, like you're an alien? When you tell them that you know, you're, you're really serious with your boyfriend or girlfriend, but, but you're not sleeping together? That you're gonna wait for marriage? You're gonna get foreign looks, aren't you? <laughs> for you, it might look like paying your taxes, all of them, and honoring and respecting your government leaders, even if you disagree with them, that as your Facebook friends just tear down whoever's in the administration that they don't like, that you're not going to get involved with that. Because that's not who you are. For you, it, it, it might look like the language, the words that come out of your mouth don't sound like the people you work next to. Those four-letter words, they're not part of your vocabulary. I don't know what it looks like for you, but... Your friends, the Holy Spirit urges you. The Apostle Peter urges you. I, as your pastor, urge you, live as foreigners and exiles. Live like you don't belong here. Live in a way that others are going to look at your life and say, where are you from? Live such good lives that though they may accuse you, they've got nothing against you. Instead, they might be able to glorify God on the day he visits us. Now, is this easy? Absolutely not. Is it easy to stand out and be different? Absolutely not. It's so much easier just to blend in. Either to join in or just smile. It's so much easier, but... Consider what happened to Jesus. Jesus was treated like an outsider. So many heard what he was teaching and preaching and thought, where is this guy from? (laughs) And think about what they did to him. All for you. Because you don't. Because you haven't. Because there'll be times in the future that you don't. Jesus lived and died for you to give you his righteousness, to make you his very own. It wasn't easy for Jesus. Don't expect it's going to be easy for you. Now he calls you, robed in his righteousness. As we heard in our gospel lesson, to go and be salt and light. To go and be salty in this world to go and make things better, to make things taste better, right, to purify things, preserve things to, to, as you live your faith in Christ, to go and be light, to let the light of your faith shine, right, the light of Jesus that is in your heart by the gift of the Spirit, to let that shine to everyone around you so that you can fulfill your purpose as peter says that you have been called into this holy nation you are a chosen people so that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light that is your purpose in this world dear christians to declare his praises yeah we 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 go and we want to be different we want to we want our lives to look different but it's not just to separate ourselves we're in this world but we're not of this world we also do it to invite others in, that they too may know what we know. We go and declare the praises of our God and what he has accomplished for all people, that this Savior has enough righteousness to cover the entire world. We've got it. By God's grace and mercy, we've tasted it, and we have it. Let's live it. Let's share it. Amen.